Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, friends. Trisha Goyer here, and I'm so excited to have a new friend here, Wendy Lou Lee, and you might know her, but I'm going to see if you can guess real quick. I'm going to see this little photo up here before I say who she is. This little face might have been coming into your home. I know during my childhood, one of my favorite things to do was to watch this show, but Wendy, welcome and just tell us a little bit about yourself and why we might recognize that cute little face on the cover of this book. Thank you, Trisha. So good to be here. Um, yeah, I was baby Grace on Little House in the Prairie. Baby I mean, Grace. Oh, love it. Amazing. I, I still can't believe it, but um, yeah, I spent the first four years of my life on the set of Little House, and that led me to my greatest gift, which is my husband mm. of 24 years and my two kids. I have an 18-year-old son and a 16-year-old daughter, and we live in California. That is so cool. Well, I grew up in California. I grew up in Northern California. We're in Arkansas now, but I grew up in a town called Weed. Have you oh, heard of Weed? I've been there. Yes. <laughs> so there, I grew up in California too. We are now in Arkansas, but everywhere I go, I kind of like when I give my talks and stuff, I open up like I'm from Weed and then people will always remember me as the girl from Weed. So yes, I think when so you're funny. there, you, there's lots of shirts same it wasn't when I was growing up it was just like nothing but now it's a popular tourist thing so it's so funny yes and I love okay so when I was reading your book which let me just put it up again um red tail feathers which is such so beautifully written you did such a great job with it and listening to the audiobook which is also well done but it talks about you know how you got connected with Little House in the Prairie which I want to get to that in a second and then more of your story but I love how you talk about like the first four years of your life is recorded and that you have these things. And so some things you like, it might be a memory. It might be a story my mom told me. It might be from the show, but like who else gets to have to see themselves growing up and interacting and being surrounded with these amazing people and being welcomed into homes across the nation. And it's so cool that like, it's a way that your memories are captured and you don't know if it's a, it's a real memory or you saw it on TV, but that's so cool that that is part of your story. Yeah. That's like the one question that every person asks when they meet me <laughs> yeah. is like, how much do you really remember? And then I'm like, Oh goodness gracious. Like, of course I don't remember when I was two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but people like think, well, how are you claiming to know what you remember? And I'm like, um, <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, in the, late seventies, we didn't even have camcorders or was that what we had yeah. in the nineties or whatever? But I think so. Yeah, exactly. Camcorder. Like, yeah, yeah all the, we didn't yeah. have that. And so, and most people don't take that much video of when they're babies. Well, you know, maybe nowadays on our phones. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's so cool. And I love, so share the little, the story that you started the book with about how your mom um, just like, it wasn't like she was at Hollywood knocking on doors and trying to get her kids on TV. Mm -hmm. It just seems like this is something that God had for your family 
and it seemed like a positive experience and that it was like one day nothing and the next day you're like meeting Michael Landon of course you don't remember that but your mom remembers that exactly it was totally out of the blue my mom is not a stage mom and obviously we know that because after the show was over, we did one commercial and my mom was like, no more of that, you know? So she was not in it for the the fame or the mm-hmm. anything. She was really just, you know, one day at a time trying to figure out what the best step was, you know, us moms, that's what we're trying to do, yeah. you know, what's going to be the best thing for my family right now in this moment. So that's what she did. I love that. So you talk about the first glimpse of grace in your life was just how God just led you there, led your family there. And it's really given you this platform where you can share more about your life. And so explain like why you wanted to write this book and what red tail feathers mean. Okay. Well, in 2015, I had brain surgery. Um, I had a tumor that needed to be removed and um, God gave me this like incredible peace and I wasn't scared a bit. I actually woke up from brain surgery and yelled to everyone in the whole waiting room. This is the best day of my life. Um, so wow. I was doing very, very well, but that didn't stay with me because mm-hmm. recovering from brain surgery is really hard. And probably mm. the hardest part was um, the interactions with me and my husband, because he had mm-hmm. to actually deal with me and you're very kind of manic after mm. brain surgery. And when I yelled that, he kind of was like, Oh no, they crossed a wire. I don't know if she's okay. <laughs> Everyone yeah. else was laughing and he was like, Oh no, what have I gotten myself into? And, right. um, about a week after brain surgery, we're sitting in the same parking lot where we sat when we found out and we find out that my results are fine. It is not cancerous. Mm. It's like the best day. But then again, it's not the best day because we are not good. And Mm. so this whole thing happens with this little bird hidden in this tree. And my husband can't see the bird. After brain surgery, you have heightened senses. Your senses are so heightened. You can see, hear, and smell things that you never thought you would have been able to do. It's like superpowers or something. It is. It's incredible. So I see this little bird and all of a sudden the bird flies out of the tree and it lands on the side mirror of my, of the car. And we're like looking at this bird and we can't believe it. And the bird turns around and has these bright red flaming Mm. tail feathers And in that moment, I just had this sense, this, the presence of God say, it's going to be okay. Like Mm -hmm. you can't see everything in this Mm -hmm. moment, but it's going to be okay. And there was just this, it was like this gift to look a little closer, to see what God is doing, even when it doesn't make sense and it's not good. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the beginning of writing this book and trying to find grace in every chapter of my life. Yeah, that's so good that I think, you know, we have those high moments, like definitely being on TV and being recognized, you know, being considered a movie star at four years old. I mean, those things are high moments, realizing that the cancer is not malignant. That's a high moment. But then there's the moments of 
you know, everyday life. And you talked about the ups and downs after the surgery and, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure that's sort of, and even in your husband, all the emotions and all the things that he didn't know how to deal with. So, you know, going through your, the subtitle is dare to discover the beauty of grace. So through these highs and lows, what does it mean to you to discover the beauty of grace and what, what have you learned and what has God shown you in that process? Well, first of all, it's a lot of work. Like you actually have to open up your eyes and it doesn't always come naturally. So we have to train our eyes to see it. And I Mm -hmm. I think the first step is probably like looking back, um, looking back because, you know, hindsight is 2020. We can see a lot more clear after it's all been done and after we process through it and, um, you know, gleaned all that we're going to glean, then we can actually say, Oh, look, God was there and God was there and God was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the dare to discover is really look back and see where grace has been, but then how can we do it right now? Like in every day mm-hmm. without having to in the moment think that God is so far away when really, if we could just focus in and see him right in the moment, then that's the beauty right there. Yeah, that's so good because I think when, when things are hard, it helps to remember to where God has shown up. And that's why the, you know, when the Israelites are taking their children into the promised land, God is telling the fathers, like, sit down and remind your children, remind, remember, and you have to remember what I did, you know, carry my laws on you and all this stuff. We have to remember because otherwise we get complacent and things are going good and we forget about all the God, times God showed up. And then when things get hard, we're like, oh no, what are we going to do? So we do have to keep that memory going. We keep have to keep going alive. And then I love how you talk about like, but today, like today we have the moment. So last night I had this, so I'm starting to pick up your book and look through it and getting ready to listen to the audio book. And um, we have four kids still at home. We have 10 total. We have four kids still at home. An older child came over with her kids and the, you know, the living room's more a mess now. We got two babies <laughs> this summer. They have been chewing everything up. My mom's been staying with me because her husband passed away. So she's in my office. So there's piles of stuff. Her dog's chewing up my carpet. Like there's all just my grandma has a, a blood clot in her lung. And so she's still living with us, but she's full bed rest. So it's like changing her and feeding her. And so like, really, I'm just like, it's so much. Like it is so much like every minute someone needs me, even the puppy, like I'll barely sit down. The puppy's like, I need your attention. I'm like, I just need 10 seconds. Like with someone that need me. But because I'm looking at your book and I'm thinking about this, like, how do we see it? I realize, like, as I'm walking through, I see these puppies running down the hall and there's shredded toilet paper here. And then there's stuffed toys the grandkids left. And I'm like, someday I'm going to miss this, like the activity and realizing when these dogs were puppies and the grandkids are there. And it does just just starting to think like I didn't even started reading your book yet, which now I'm loving it and like loving the messages there. But just starting to pause and like, how can I see grace? in the moment how can i just appreciate where we are it was like oh this is really cute look at the torn up toilet paper on the floor because they're puppies and someday they're not going to be these cute little bundles that they are now so i love that so how have you gone through the process of you know it's a good concept of finding grace in the moments but how have you walked the path 
Well, it's looking at the good and the bad. You know, I have a lot, I mean, hello, I was on Little House on the Prairie. How fun, like how great yeah. of a story to tell. But yeah. there's a lot of stories that aren't so great to tell, you know? Mm -hmm. So looking back at my childhood, um, my father left us when I was in the mm. middle of Little House. And so all that processing those stories and then also my stepdad coming into the picture and seeing the the grace that God gave me mm. to have like a father in my life, you know, um, there's stories of comparison and, um, feeling, you know, kind of forgotten at times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have a twin sister, you are in constant, um, <laughs> measuring up. And, and so I was just kind of felt like I was on the short end of the stick, you know, mm -hmm. um, there's stories of loss and there's stories of grief and, um, yeah. And then I try to throw in a, a funny story once in a while <laughs> because yeah. I don't want it to be too heavy. Um, so yeah, it was really, I, sometimes I call it like one big therapy session because there was a mm -hmm. lot of work that had to be done to, uh, to work through some of the, the stories of my past. So, yeah. but when I look, I can always find I can always find grace. And I try to define grace as God's activity in our lives, like his active involvement in our mm -hmm. lives. It's not mm -hmm. always the blessings. It's not always the good days. It's everything that he does. And, and that's sometimes hard to, you know, wrap our minds around because if God is good, then why isn't everything he does good. And mm -hmm. it's just not always good in the moment. And sometimes it just takes a little while to get good, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's really the process that I took. Yeah. And I love that, you know, you talked about like the therapy session, because I, the books I write, I feel the same way. I'm like, I hope this helps someone out there, but it's really helping me process. But when we sit down and we read someone else's story and we start thinking about our own lives and then we get to have the conversations that are more than, oh, how are you today? And how was it to, you know, know Michael Landon? I mean, those are fun stories, but mm -hmm. we can talk at a deeper level because right. we share kind of the heart and the hurts and then how God met us there. And I think when we are willing to open ourselves up to other, then other people can do that to us. So as you've been going through, and I know there's people, you know, there's reviews out there and, you know, that's that nervous thing of, oh no, everyone's going to read these stories. What has been like the story or you, could, you know, something that really people have been like, oh, this really touched me or this really helped me. Well, there is a couple of stories. One is forgiving my biological father. And mm -hmm. that is kind of a big one because that was probably the most nerve wracking story for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of like my salvation story in a sense, like when I started to really follow Jesus for real, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, so that's kind of a big story and people are like, Oh wow. I never thought of forgiveness in that way is that, you know, extending forgiveness is like you giving grace to someone because you've been given so much grace, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. so that was a big one. Um, the other one was, um, losing my stepdad who came into my life mm. when I was like four and just, he made us a Christian family, like without mm. him, I don't know if I would know the Lord, like, you know, so losing him with, from a heart attack, um, and, being with him and trying to revive him. And that's just a really 
hard story for some people to read. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, it took many, many years to, um, I was having panic attacks and nightmares yeah. for years yeah. about revolved around this story. And so that is probably the biggest piece of um, my whole like therapy process is reliving that story and turning it into good. Um, cause it has turned into good parts of it have <laughs> at yeah, least parts yeah, yeah. of it. Yeah. And I think that, that in fact, I have a friend that her kids have gone through some trauma and it's like, she's, you know, of course we've adopted seven kids from trauma. And so she's like, what do I do? How do I help them? And I talked, told her about, you know, trauma therapy and stuff, but I said, the important thing about trauma therapy is it's teaching you to look through your whole story and move through it without getting stuck in pieces, mm. like stuck in the pain, yeah. stuck in the darkness. And I think there's so many people out there that are walking around that are stuck. They're stuck and they are still angry. You know, mm-hmm. they're still bitter. They're still, they haven't learned how to forgive. Um, and so really telling our stories, and this is what trauma therapy does after taking my kids for you know years and years, multiple times a week, I'm like, oh, it's basically they're learning how to go through their story and see the light and see the dark and see the good and see the bad mm-hmm. and see that things aren't fair and they'll never be fair because we live in a broken world, but we can make changes. And that it's basically the telling your story is so much of how we continue to tell our story. If we can do good things, if we could follow our dreams, if we can have happy lives, if we learn how to deal with our past story, it's changing us for our future stories. And so, yeah. Completely. Because if I couldn't get through that, there's no way I could write this book. You know, like, it's like, mm-hmm. we have to do that hard work to turn it into good so we can share it with someone else. Yeah. yeah. And I remember like, uh, part of my story is I had an abortion when I was 15. It's something that I really regret. And at first, um, you know, for years and years, I'm like, I'm not going to tell anybody this. Mm-hmm. And then I went to a Bible study. And so then I would tell a few people and then like our pastor find out, then he's like, would you share in front of our church? I'm like, why would you ask me to do that? Like, this is horrible. And the first time I did, it was, it was horrible. Like, and I was thankful. Like I came to the place where I truly believe that God forgave me, Mm -hmm. but standing up there and these are the people I go to church with. And I was like, my knees were shaking, but then looking around the room and looking at other people's faces and very clearly, even if I was like a nervous wreck shaking and my knees are shaking. I can see people's faces and like, she had one, she had one. And then sure enough afterwards or different, not even right afterwards, like over the coming weeks, people like, Oh, I, I did, I'm so glad you shared your story. Cause that was me too. And I just mm-hmm. felt like God never forgave me. And so when we share our stories, even like at first it was horrible. <laughs> like why would it, why would this be a good thing? Now I've seen how it's helped people. I've seen other people find healing. I've seen that I found healing in the sharing of our stories. I've seen, I found the power of that, which is why the whole Bible is stories of people, their failures and their ups and their downs and the mistakes. Um, and that makes all the difference. In fact, I was telling my friend, I have a podcast, another podcast is daily Bible. We're reading through the Bible and talking about it. And it was just like a couple days ago. I'm like, you know, it has to be true. The Bible has to be true. First of all, other nations have the same things in their records, but also you wouldn't write so many mistakes that you made over and over again unless it was true because Israelites just messed up and then they messed up and this king was horrible and this prophet told them and they didn't listen I'm like if you were gonna write something and make something up you would make it way better and more way that that you were like 
a hero and not this. And so mm-hmm. the fact that they just like failed over and over again just shows you unless it really happened like that, you would make up a much better story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So when it came to, you know, writing these, were there some stories? Well, you mentioned that definitely the one, but were there other stories that were like, I'm going to put it in there? No, I'm not going to put it in there. Yeah, I think I'll do this one, but maybe not. Were those the struggles or were you just able to work through them and know that that I God had the, a place? Yeah, the one that I added, probably the the one that I had the most angst over was the one about my biological father, just because mm-hmm. I didn't want to like... Um, I didn't want to put anybody in a bad light. And, um, I try to as graciously tell the story with mm-hmm. making it more like, this is what I had to do to come right. to peace with my past. You know what I mean? And so that one was a really hard one because I don't want to trash on anyone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was probably the the toughest one. Yeah. Yeah, and I have that too because I had I didn't grow up my bio, biological dad, and then my stepdad's kind of in my picture, but not much. And so when I write about it, it's always like, how can I say this as nicely as I can, but it still impacted me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So it's it is so tricky. Um, and finally, I was like, well, he's never going to go to the bookstore and read it. So that got me off the hook until I felt God telling me to mail it to him. So. <laughs> I don't know if he read it or not, but, and I was very kind. Like it, there was not horrible, but it did. There are things that impacts us that mm-hmm. is part of our story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So all these years later, I mean, sometimes we see like a theme of different things in our lives and you were baby grace. So do you think like that was the hint of God's like, this is going to be a theme throughout your life? Well, you know, I thought before, like, why were we cast as grace? Mm-hmm. Why are my sister and I like the only outspoken believers at the time? Right. I mean, now there's not really anybody proclaiming right. that. So it just seems too coincidental. You I know, know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, oh, and somebody was like, oh, you're writing about grace. Well, that's a, you know a nice marketing tool or something. I'm like, yeah, no, but it's like, it's like God was hinting what was the, yeah. The theme. Yeah. My, my mom says, which is crazy. She's so funny. Um, she says, so the real baby grace Ingalls was born a hundred years before me in 1877. And she yeah. says that is crazy in itself, but she says that God knew that when the real Grace Ingalls was alive, that a hundred years later I would be born and that God would choose God and Michael Landon <laughs> yeah, exactly. would choose us to be baby Grace and that I would get a brain tumor and that I would share his grace with the world. And so, and I'm like, oh, okay. I do believe, I mean, my mom just says it so you know, matter of fact, I, I love your mom. Let me just say, <laughs> I love your mom. She's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, you can't make it up. I just don't think you can make it up. I don't know right. how you can, you know, try to twist it to, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like 
especially because we're reading through the Bible chronologically, like God has these themes that go through generations. And it's not till you take a step back, you can see like the silver threads of him working, but he's doing it like in your life with the color thread and then with someone else's life. But there's these generational things. And one of my favorite stories, I write it about it in my book, Prayers That Changed History. So Corey Tin Boone, who is like one of my favorite people in the hiding place. And she rescued mm-hmm. Jews during World mm-hmm. War II, a hundred years before she was her family um the nazis even invaded the netherlands her grandfather so her grandfather wilhelm in his early 20s went to a church service where they were talking about praying for the jews and so he decided in 1844 so 100 years before no 1842 100 years anyway 100 years before he was decided he was going to pray every um sunday night for the jews and so he started a prayer service so for 100 years their family would pray for the Jews. So of course, when it comes where the Jews are being taken away and put in concentration camp, what is this family going to do? They're going to step up and they saved hundreds of people. She ended up in a concentration camp, which also shared the gospel with hundreds of more people then went around the world with millions of people. So that one man's faithfulness of saying, yes, I will pray for the Jews every Sunday night at prayer meetings, they had, he had no idea. Like, so these threads that are going along, like, and I love that mm. baby grace and you're going to be baby grace. And now you're sharing about grace. Like God has these th- threads. And sometimes I like think he's just going to sit back and go, I can't wait till they figure this one out <laughs> like to see the, see the pattern in this. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, it, that grandfather like paved the path for her to be just a world changer, you know, that's, mm-hmm. in, I mean, it didn't just start with her life. Like it was yeah. being like, Oh, that, that's an incredible story. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love, so have you been like, are you, are you involved in the, some of the little house things or have you been to like some of the places and. Yes. I'm very involved with the little house things. Um, yeah, we were just in Kentucky this last weekend and did a huge mm-hmm. event and got to meet I don't know how many people it was so fun. So yeah, they keep me pretty busy. Um, all over the place. We're actually going to be in Arkansas in November. So wait, where I um, want to go, we're going to be in mountain home. Okay. So I'm, so I don't know where that is down. compared to you. I will but... find it. I will find this event. Is it a little house event? Is it? Yes. A... It's a little house event and it's in mountain home. November, and I believe it's home. the 18th, 19th of November. Yes. And, um, is that a weekend? I think those are the right dates. Yes. Oh, anyway, okay. I am looking yeah. this up as soon as we're off this recording. Cause I, will I can be there. send okay, you so... the link, Trisha. Yeah. Okay. Please do. Yes. Okay. So yeah. my thing is, um, I was a reluctant reader growing up and then we moved near a library. I think it was like fifth grade. And so then I started going to the library. Well, then I found discovered the little house books, which had been on TV, but then you get into the books and then you're like total fan. Like total it's just, books, I don't yeah. know. And, um, I was just all about Paul. I mean, I loved all the other people and maybe Michael and had something to do with this, but just all about Paul and, um, just half pint. I mean, all the things. And so, um, it's all about Paul. Then I realized as I'm writing my own story, going this, like he, I didn't have my biological dad. My stepdad was very distant. Of course, that's who I would be drawn to is Pa. Um, and so we, we've gone up to Missouri because that's only like three hours from us. But we were going, I was speaking in Kansas. Um, and in fact, my biological grandpa on my mom's side, so very close to him, they grew up in Kansas, but it was 
far from Kansas territory where the Ingalls were um, around the same time. Like I think it was like within two years difference. They were oh, in wow. Kansas. Um, so we were going up and I was speaking at an event in Kansas. And then I was going to swing by where my grandpa, cause I'd never seen where they had, he had grown up. And then I'm like, okay, where, how far is the little house in Kansas? And it was like three hours all the way, but I didn't care. But then we hit traffic. Then we hit a storm and we were like, oh, we're not going to make it before they close. And my, she was, I think, 12 at the time, daughter called them. I'm like, you call them and see if they'll stay open for us. And we called and they're like, oh, well, we're closing. And my daughter's like, my mom's your biggest fan and we're going to be like 15 minutes late. And there was traffic and there was a storm and we're from Arkansas, but we're going to be there. And the lady's like, I'll wait for you. And so that sounds like the ladies in independence. (laughs) We were like literally, uh, out of gas. And I'm like, I don't know. We just have to get there. Like we cannot stop for gas. We can call a tow truck to bring us gas. And we got there and they did. They waited for us. Like she was so sweet. Um, they are going so through there. Yeah. Going through line because we've done all the books with our kids. My son was like nine at the time. He goes up to the, he's, we're buying stuff. He goes, do you know something? And she goes, what? He goes, Jack died. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, that's sad, isn't it? He's like, yeah. Like it just happened yesterday. Like it's a child, this is a hundred years ago. But anyway, oh, so, you know, it's, I just love that there's so much connection to the family, to the stories. I love that you're able to do the events and now like you have the books and you can share hope and you can share your story from something God did when you could hardly remember most of it. It's just so cool. Yeah. It's awesome. I sometimes can't believe like what God has done to bring me here to this point is just totally humbling and exciting and <laughs> yeah 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 so what do your kids think about it because my like when they go to book signings and stuff with me they just think it's like whatever like why do people want to talk to my mom and mom can we go get lunch now type of thing yeah well I mean I was going to little house events before they were even born that's so it's true been part so, of their life their entire yeah, lives true. and each of them have come to an event or two with me. And of course they love meeting like Nellie Olson and um, yeah. Miss Beetle and things like that. Um, so they think it, they think it's pretty fun, but now it's like, Oh mom, you're leaving. When are you going to be home again? You know, cause I'm yeah. gone like at least once or twice a month, just going yeah. to some place. So now they just think, Oh yeah, that's mom's job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just go be baby grace. Yeah. yeah. Do you have like baby grace trading cards or I do have this though. So. I do have that one. So that's kind of fun. Oh, yeah. That's the picture I put with my so books. Yeah. Cute. <laughs> so cute. Which one are you? Are you guys I'm identical? I'm the one twins? in the back, kind of the one with okay. the little smile. Yeah. Are you, but are you identical twins or? We are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. And is yeah. your sister involved in the things too? Or? She used to do events. And then when my first book came out in 2019, she was like, you know what, Wendy, why don't you just take it from here? I have stuff to do. Um, she lives in Wyoming now. So she's super busy running the family business with her husband. And so she does that. And she says, you just, you handle all that, Wendy. So <laughs> she's not, hasn't that. been traveling since then. And you know, it's really a gift for me because for my whole life, it just felt like I didn't have my thing. You know what I mean? Oh, and she cool. just handed it over that. to me and said, you know what, Wendy, this is totally you. And I'm just going to let you have it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not that I had to share it. I mean, kind of had to share yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, 
I don't know. It's kind of a beautiful offering that she gave me. So I love that. So yeah. cool. Well, the book I just started listening on Audible book. I started skimming through it last night, but I am loving it already. You did a great job, by the way, Thank on you. your audiobook. But the book definitely recommended Red Tail Feathers. I'll be posting more about it after I have time to get through it all. Um with but I'm just loving all of it so far. So great job. I love that you are sharing it. I'm, I'm glad that you're able to share grace and hope with people. And I'm going to go see you in Mountain Home. I will be there. Oh, <laughs> We're going to make so this fun. happen. We're going to make this happen because that's going to be awesome. So well, thank one you thing, for one being thing here. about okay. that event is that um, Karen Grassley will be there who has played Ma. <gasps> and she doesn't go to very many events. So it's like the one event maybe one or two events of the whole year that she'll be at. So Mountain Home is going to be a special one. <laughs> Ooh, that is awesome. Okay. So where can people find the events, the books, all the things? Because you might have some little roadies that are going to be following you around now and wanting to meet up with you. Yeah. So you can get all the information on my website, Wendy Lou Lee. But I'm also really, there's so much on Facebook about Little House. Little House fans hang out on Facebook. So if you mm -hmm. look up Wendy Lou Lee as Baby Grace, that will tell you it all. But I also okay. have a, a group. You were talking about the the daily podcast that you do. Yeah, I daily have a group Bible called podcast, yeah. Big Time Grace, and it is basically a group Bible study group. And we read through oh. the Bible. We do all different things. So this is our third year together. And this year we're actually going through the spiritual disciplines. So um, that's called oh, Big Time Grace. That's cool. also on Facebook. So yeah. I will post that in our daily Bible podcast one. So because some of those people might want to go over there too. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Well, thank you for being here. It's so great connecting with you. Thank you, Trisha. Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now, remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com. And I can't wait until we connect again.